following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. What's going on, everybody? John Brown, Mike Jones, another episode, another installment. One more time, we're back at it with offense, defense, and discourse. It's going to be a lot of discourse this week, I believe. I have a a strong feeling. I was just getting ready to say the exact same words. I I have the same feeling today. I, I feel like after that Super Bowl, there was a lot of defense, not a lot of offense, but a lot of discourse. There was defense and discourse. In the Super Bowl. All right. Well, you know, you talk about the Super Bowl. Let's just go ahead and get straight. Come on, to it. we have to. How do you how do you start a sports show the week after the Super Bowl and not start with the Super Bowl? I mean, how super was it really? Um, that, look, that's the first question I'm gonna ask you. How super was it? It wasn't bowl? super at all. I, I I will be honest. I I thought the Super Bowl was trash this year. I wasn't happy. It was boring. Everything about it was boring. The game was boring. Halftime show was boring. Wasn't a lot of action. I I, I just, you know, I, I just felt like this whole the whole game this week, no juice at all. No juice for the Super Bowl. Okay. Do you think that was because you were tired of seeing New England? Were tired of seeing them win? Do you think it's because the Rams don't really have a fan base? Or do you think it was just a lack of interest because your team wasn't in it? No. Well, or do you really think it was just a poorly played game? I think a lot of those factors. I mean, you could take a little bit of all of that mm-hmm. and put it in there. Not necessarily tired of New England winning because it's like we're, what we're watching. I think is unprecedented. Absolutely, we're watching. You know, greatness. We're, we're watching history. So in that aspect of it. That I understand. I don't necessarily have a problem with that. <clears throat> Unfortunately, probably New England, maybe they're not very interesting of a team to me. They, they, I mean, what's interesting about them is that they win just about I mean, every year. That's part of what makes New England who they are. Mm-hmm. They, I, I think their coach, their front office, Makes a concerted effort to keep that team boring off the field. Okay, I mean on the field, yeah. they, sure you want to be exciting. We can be exciting. No, I, off I, the I, field, mm-hmm. they want no locker room chatter, no off the field incidents, yeah. nobody who makes themselves bigger mm-hmm. than the team. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get an Antonio Brown situation in New England no, because no. if Antonio Brown was in New England, he knew if he did some stuff like that, he's gone I mean, tomorrow. You, you look at the more controversial players. That New England has had, they were all model citizens. Yeah, I mean, even I mean, they weren't all model citizens, but the people who weren't weren't there very long. Randy Moss, Randy Moss was a model citizen. I mean, in he England. was a model, but I mean, once he he was once, there two three years, two three years, he proved his value, and, and once he once, overstayed his welcome, he was out. I don't think it was necessarily a matter of overstaying his welcome with Randy. I think Randy he came out of a bad situation in the. Oakland with the mm-hmm. Raiders. Yeah. His value on the market was down. People thought he may have been done. And then he goes to New England and catches 20 touchdowns. Mm. His value is back. 
New England's never going to pay anybody what he was worth. And at that point in his career, Randy's going to get that last bit of, bit of cash before mm-hmm. he's gone. Straight cash, homie. Exactly. What so, about Chad Ochocinco? He was done. Mm-hmm. Now, he he didn't misbehave. He just struggled mm-hmm. learning the playbook and didn't have a whole lot left. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't a matter of him being Ochocinco and doing TV shows mm-hmm. and such. Now, it just let, didn't let, work in the system. Let, let me kind of pivot away from uh, – Examples like Ocho Cinco and Moss, but let me also throw out there Aaron Hernandez. <laughs> okay. I mean, because what All I'm right. saying, I mean, he wasn't, I mean, the issues that he had kind of came out of left field. I, you not, know? N- n- not really. Okay. Because if you did your research on him, mm-hmm. the stories about Aaron Hernandez were out there going back to his time at Florida his mm-hmm. and before so i mean you knew you, you knew there were issues but you didn't know he was rolling like all right let's 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 be honest about this for a second okay who works nfl security former cops former fbi agents mm-hmm. career law enforcement with yeah. lots of resources access to a lot of connections mm-hmm. and now they have nfl deep pocket budgets going behind them to do their investigation okay they can find out whatever they want to know and trust me, they want to know everything when they try to draft players into the NFL. So you don't think you don't think they were they were caught off guard by what how his NFL career? I ended. think they were caught off guard from the standpoint of of course they weren't expecting him to be a convicted killer. Mm-hmm. And but what I do think is that they and, and let's remember he wasn't an early draft pick; he was no. a later round draft pick. Mm-hmm. Because of personality concerns. Mm-hmm. And I think at the point where they drafted him, they t- figured we're going to take the risk. It was a cold-blooded, calculated business decision. We're going to take this risk, mm-hmm. and we figure the return we'll get is worth the risk in the later round pick. And by the time they had to cut bait with him, they were able to do that without even having dead money or anything. Was vo- he voided his contract. Okay, That's the thing about guys like that that act up. You act up, I could get rid of you in the NFL. Mm-hmm. It's easy in the NFL. I hear you. I hear you. But in in the end, getting back to the, getting back to the game because I know I know you know we, we got time today. Oh. This is our last time talking football. We could talk all the football you want. Oh, we are going to talk about the game. Okay, but we could talk all the football what, you want today. What, what game? No, <laughs> we're talking a thirteen three Super Bowl. Thirteen mm-hmm. to three. Thirteen to three. Lowest to- lowest total score in Super Bowl history. Lowest rated. Super Bowl in a long, long time, maybe even ever. Now that people was, weren't watching. Now that was part of my earlier question to okay. you. Do you think it was real a matter of fatigue, Patriot fatigue, and Ram disinterest? Well, I feel like honestly, the the Rams. The Who's Rams, the Rams fan base? Let's start there. Do they have one? Th- my point exactly. Like. We we both are, follow the Philadelphia Eagles mm-hmm. fairly closely. Yes, the Eagles played with, in the Rams Stadium, mm-hmm. and they were home games. They were home games. Yeah, two two, years, two, in two row, years in a row. You Eagles had home games out home in L.A. Game. But this is the thing, and this is what gets me. It's like the NFL shot their shot as far as putting football back in Los Angeles because they went years without a football team in the second largest TV market in America. 
And honestly, nobody missed football in Los Angeles, except for maybe, you know, maybe the NFL. But as far as fan bases, you know, I won't go as far as to say nobody. I think half the problem, well, I won't say half the problem, but if they were going to put a team back in L.A., Mm -hmm. it should not have been the Chargers, it should not have been the Rams, it should have been the Raiders who were going to Vegas. Mm -hmm. The Raiders seem to be the ones who have the strongest core of fans going out there from their Los Angeles Raiders days, the Bo Jackson days, Mm -hmm. that type of thing. But looking at the Rams, the Rams don't have any true fans. What the Rams really needed was to win this Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. L.A. will care about you if you're winning. If you're winning, yep. If you're not a winner, you're just there. You're just there. Yeah. There's too many other inter- entertainment well, options. I, I, I just feel like you at got this the beach. Point, mm-hmm. You got movies. Hollywood is. You've got the Lakers with mm-hmm. LeBron. You got the Dodgers, Magic, and those guys spending all sorts of money. Mm-hmm. You. You've got all sorts of options. Why am I going to go watch an NFL team that's not winning? I don't know. But I, I guess, honestly, when you look at the Rams, mm-hmm. you know, they're a good team. Can't can't take that away from them. It's not like we're talking like a bad team. No, they're not but a bad they're team. They're not a bad team at all, but they got no juice. Now, and I understand when I, I've used that term a couple of times this show, but yes, Jared Goff is a good quarterback. Would you recognize Jared Goff if you walked into this room? Yeah. That's because you're, you're – Exactly. I mean, <laughs> that's because you're you. But there's a lot of people who I have would, no clue, no clue have who no he clue. is. Todd Gurley's one of the best running backs in the, in the league. Yeah, you yes, recognize him. Yes, I know who he, Todd yeah, Gurley you, is. You know who he is. <laughs> but but you, most people might not. Yeah, but honestly, do you – well, I'm not I'm, – this is a rhetorical question because <laughs> I, I know what your answer was going to be. But do you care about Todd Gurley, honestly – I know you do, but, but what I'm saying the, is, a, a, but that's the average. Does the average fan care about Todd Gurley? And and that's kind of what I'm saying, though. Like I think we're on the same page, but c- approaching it from different perspectives here, because I'm looking at it and thinking similar things, but I'm also wondering: you take these same players and put them on a different team in a different market with a real fan base, they're probably household names and very recognizable. If if okay. Ty Gurley plays for, I don't know, if he's playing for the Packers with Aaron Rodgers, who have a real fan base, mm-hmm. and then a re- maybe if they even even if they're playing in St. Louis, you know, you're talking about best with, running back since Marshall Falk, mm-hmm. Jared Goff, best run, you know, you're 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 you had okay, a real you, you had, had a, a core of fans in St. Louis fans, yeah. that you've been there. Since. So it's just like this whole L.A. Rams thing. It's just it doesn't even seem necessarily real to me, and it's just not a real point of interest yet understandable you know and it's like to me it you know what necessarily is the storyline you know when the rams are coming out of st louis you're talking about you know st you know mm-hmm. it was it, the story was here's this franchise when they won their first uh super bowl with warner right. and the greatest Great show on turf. turf it was like look at this franchise they moved from los angeles they set up their roots here in st louis and now they're on out you know looking mm-hmm. to win a championship you know, they got Dick Vermeil is uh you know, Dick Vermeil's the coach. Here's a guy who's been away from football for, you know 
a few years, X definitely. amount of years. Now he's about to get a team. Now he's about to put a team in the Super Bowl. And, you know, win the Super Bowl that eluded him. That the quest of the Super Bowl drove him out of football. But now you, but it's like you take some of those storylines because it's not like the Rams are without storylines. They just aren't interesting. You know, they, they just don't, they don't reach out and grab you. Jared Goff, yes, number one pick in the draft. What, four years, three uh, three seasons into his career is four, uh, was it three or four? Just finished his third season. Finished his third Same season. Same draft as Carson. Yep. Third year in his career playing for a Super Bowl. Todd Gurley, probably the, the if not one of the best right. running backs in Jared in Goff was the fastest number one overall pick to ever make it to a Super Bowl. Yet no one cared, cared about the Rams. Todd Gurley is definitely top five, probably top three running backs in the league right now. Mm-hmm. No one cares about the Rams. Now, I know nobody cares. It, like, it's tough to take a team into a city with as many distractions as they have. You don't have a true core group of fans. And you could tell watching the game. Of course, it's in Atlanta, opposite side of the country. But New England's not exactly right around the corner either from Atlanta. But when you look at the crowd, when you listen to the crowd during the game, it was clear that it was a heavily, heavily slanted towards New England as yeah. far as the the fans in the crowd and the mm-hmm. building attendance. It and I don't know that there are enough Rams fans in existence to really Because at this point I mean when your team leaves a city, do you follow them? Would you follow if a team if your team like Me personally? Yeah. Probably not. Mm-hmm. But I know people that do. Like I would definitely would like say Eagles have a game in Baltimore. I'll take the drive to Baltimore. I'll take a drive over to Jersey or the Redskins. Well, I guess I guess what what I meant but, was like you know if, that's if, one of the beauties of being over here in the mm-hmm, on the I ninety five corridor on the East Coast. You got a few major markets within mm-hmm. two to three hour drive where we're located. But if I'm in another one of these cities where it's a lot more spread out, a lot more travel, a lot more effort to try to do that, might not definitely want to do not. It. Not but even I, it might, definitely but, not. But I guess what, what what I mean is, like, when your team, like, I lived in Baltimore for 14 years. Mm-hmm. When I was in Baltimore, I knew very few Colts fans. You know, when when the, when the Colts left Baltimore, oh, they that's, were done. That's because there was true animosity yeah, there. Yeah, but what I'm, what I'm saying is, like, Okay, are there are there Oilers? You know, are there are there Titans fans in Houston? Are there Titans fans in, in Houston? Houston? You know, when they were the, when they were the Oilers, when the when the Oilers left Houston for Nashville and became you know the Tennessee Oilers, did, do you think people in Houston still cheer for the still cheer for that team? I think they did. You think so? I think so. I I, I guess I mean. I, I am not sure, you know. I'm, I'm, you know, you. I mean, you could. I be don't. Right. I don't think they would have become Cowboys fans all no. of a sudden. No, because well, I, I will say this: because there is a natural dislike mm-hmm. between those two yeah. teams in the cities as well. Like most people, that I mean, there were a few. I I met a few, 
Baltimore people who kind of became Redskins fans, but that's very few. Very few. Very few. They pretty you know, much they, waited till Baltimore yeah. had their own team mm-hmm. again. And the people who love football, they found other teams to They watched. You know, yeah. And I know a couple that w- became – I actually know one or two that became yeah. Colts fans. So, Not many, though, because there was a animosity about the way the team left the city the, mm-hmm. to begin with. But, I mean, there's usually animosity with the team. You know, when a team leaves a city, there's usually animosity. Like, I don't know too many Browns fans who became Ravens fans. Oh, they didn't. Exactly. But on the opposite side, when the Raiders and Rams both left L.A. in the past, I don't know that there was any animosity there. Well, maybe for the well, I don't know. Well, maybe maybe well, for the Raiders. Maybe some. for the maybe for but the they, Raiders. But the but Raiders the also had a history in Oakland as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it wasn't the same. We're just abandoning you for someone we have no history with. You mm-hmm. know, because it's like okay, yes, someone might say proximity as to why there were so many Patriots fans mm-hmm. and at the Super Bowl because Boston's closer to Atlanta than Los Angeles. But St. Louis is closer to Atlanta than Los Angeles. And what, there were no Rams fans from St. Louis there, were there? I think those St. Louis fans may have some animosity. Okay. Like, you left us for them? Mm-hmm. We were good to you here. You left us for them? Mm-hmm. We loved you. you. Yeah. We supported you. We showed they, up. And now those fans don't show up. You're in the Super Bowl. Your fans ain't coming to the you know. You don't have any fans anymore. Nope. All right. No juice, but uh, I mean, I guess to me it's like, yeah, there's there's the the Brady Belichick quest for greatness, mm-hmm. but that's just about every year. Oh, you that, know? that is so every like, year. Yeah, so it's like okay, it, there's so, there is some excitement, there is some you know there, there is, there's, there's interest, interest in that, there. but it's also acknowledging that it's the same interest, you know, the same interest that you. You're used to it. There's nothing new. You know, you look at the last couple of Super Bowls. Yeah, you know, you had Eagle, you had Eagles and Patriots. Mm-hmm. So you know, you know, you know, the Eagles fan base is going to show up. Oh, absolutely. So you know that you know that's that's a storyline in itself. Your the storyline, the Eagles, the quest for their first championship. They have a backup quarterback who's you know. It was a Super Bowl rematch. Mm-hmm. There was the whole Spygate controversy. Mm-hmm. The Eagles and Quest for their first Super Bowl ever. The new court, the new coach, the backup quarterback coming in behind the new young quarterback. Mm-hmm. There were stories all over the place in that Super Bowl. Yeah. Now the year before that, you got Patriots and Falcons. Mm-hmm. Once again, there were storylines there. You know, the young, uh, young, not so young at this point, but Matt, you got Matt Ryan, you got Julio Jones, you got that that Atlanta now, team. Now, to be completely for honest, champions. that Super Bowl. I was probably less interested in watching the game than I was in this year's Super Bowl. Well, I will say I I wasn't. I to me there there was still there was juice there for that Super Bowl. This year's Super Bowl, I expected the Patriots to win. I didn't think Belichick would lose to a that a quarterback that young and inexperienced. Mm-hmm. But that Atlanta game, I gave Atlanta no chance to win. Like, well, that's because you've said it 10, 20 million times. You think the Falcons are frauds. They are frauds. Okay. I mean, that's that's a debate. That's not, it's not debatable. Yeah, well, They're frauds. Well, I'm not going to debate you. What I'm just saying is somebody else might want to debate you another day, but that's not what, that's not <laughs> where we are with that. But, but for me, 
there was more interest. I was I was interested in that game. The you game go, itself was more exciting. Okay. I'll give you that. Well, the year before that, you got Broncos, Panthers. Mm-hmm. You got Peyton Manning on his last leg, and what you thought was the begin, what could be the beginning of Cam Newton's ascending to the top. It didn't turn out that way, but that well, was the storyline. Cam's another one. I'm I'm not that high on. Well, we know you're not that high on, but nonetheless, there's still a story there. What I'm saying is the story for this Super Bowl really didn't reach out and grab me. Whether, you know, what you think of Cam Newton is one thing. Whether or not you can sell Cam, you can sell Cam Newton as a storyline that will bring in interest is another. I know how you feel about Cam. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not here to argue how you feel about Cam <laughs> or whether, you know, what that means. But what I'm saying is, yes, I look at Cam Newton versus uh, Peyton Manning and that, boom, that interests me. You know, seeing can the Carolina Panthers dethrone Peyton Manning in what's probably going to be his last game, that was an interest. Okay, so, so that, that, that brings us to an interesting point, gives me an interesting question. Okay. Peyton Manning at the end of his career – what possibly could be his last hurrah mm-hmm. versus the young up and comer okay. Th- that interests you. That inter- you had a very similar dynamic this year. Mm-hmm. The young up and comer, comer in golf, who's actually younger than Cam Newton was mm-hmm. when he got there, yeah. less less proven. Mm-hmm. That should be more an, an exciting it, story. A more should be, it should be, but you know, but I think personality plays a, a part in it as well. Cam Newton being the person that he is, the personality mm-hmm. that he is, that generates interest. Like I just said, you know, that Cam point, is definitely an extrovert. Yeah, you know, Cam is who Cam was. Mm-hmm. You know, he look at me, I'm the star. Let me dab. Let me, you know, the Superman, do the Superman, yeah. all that. Jared Goff doesn't do any of that. You know, and and, and to his credit, that might part of that might make you know that might work into the appeal of Jared Goff As that he's not that he's not that person that. It might like, help actually lend towards him. Like, mm-hmm. how much do you actually hear Tom Brady talk? Only mm-hmm. reason you hear Tom Brady talk is because he gets interviewed so much after wins. Mm-hmm. You never and hear he t- wins all the time. And he wins all the time. But you never really hear Tom Brady making news or mm-hmm. or doing anything that yeah. draws attention to himself, other yeah. than the but, fact that he just keeps winning. So people want to keep asking him questions. Yeah, but but none but nonetheless, there you go. There's a story. That's something you can sell. I'm saying, yeah, yes, you know what? This is not who's the better quarterback, Jared Goff or Cam Newton. But it's like who can you sell easier? No, I'm not arguing that I'm trying to get to the root of why is it so what why do we think it is that these guys I, I agree mm-hmm. golf it was hard to sell. Golf, the Rams, they're mm-hmm. they're hard to sell. I mean, just may, maybe not yet, and maybe if the Rams can maintain this, lo- you know, if if you're watching the Rams year in and year out, the Rams are once again in it next year. I mean, maybe you know, you know, maybe they 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 latch on. Maybe they start to catch on. Maybe people start to come around to them. Right, you know, this year just wasn't their year. Last year, with the early exit, it was like, okay, the question then came up: Were the Rams frauds? You know, mm-hmm. they lost. They lost at home in their first playoff game last year. This year, they get you know they 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 get over that hump, get to the Super Bowl, but then lay an egg. Okay. 
The question is, are the Rams frauds? Are, are the Rams frauds? No. Short, I, I, ans- short answer, no. Okay. But let's take our first break. <laughs> and then when we come back, we can actually talk about the games. We've talked about everything but the game so far. Well, that's it's a 13-3 game. <laughs> <laughs> We got we got twenty three minute segment out of a thirteen to three game, and we had he talked about. We haven't the even game. talked about the game. No, yet. so we're gonna actually talk about the game when we come back you after sure? this. I'm sure. All we're, right, no problem. <laughs> we can do there that. was actually a game played between the lines, so we'll get into it. If you want to call that a game. <laughs> <laughs> right after this, more ODD, Mike Jones, John Brown. We'll be right back. When you need to be caught up on all that's going on in the sports world, tune into the Best in the World Sports Report with all-knowing John Brown each and every Saturday morning, starting at 8 a.m. here on the Philly Go Flow at phillygoflow.com. To buy your home, you became a house hunting ace, learned about loans, scoured neighborhoods, and asked the right questions. If you manage that, you can get your retirement plan on track. Visiting aceyourretirement.org can help. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are strictly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. All right, everybody, we are back. Before the break, we were talking about New England and the Rams, everything but the actual game. What game? <laughs> John, you keep saying that. Because, but but I, mean, I, I know you know football better than that. I know you do. It's not a matter of knowing football. I mean, if if anything, that comes from knowing football. It wasn't an, it wasn't an interesting game. It wasn't a, it wasn't an exciting game. The Rams were a thirty-two point a game offense this year. Mm-hmm. You saw nothing interesting about watching Belichick shut them down to three points. No. That was a masterful scheme and execution by the Patriots. I thought, one, I, well, you know what you're getting with with Belichick. You know, you, I mean, Belichick built it. You know, as as great as those offenses, he has made his been, bones coaching defense. Yeah, he, you know, but, Belichick is coaching a, Lawrence yeah. Taylor and them in New York. Mm-hmm. That's where he made his bones. Yeah, but you know, but but he also had some horses in in. Uh, in New England as well, you know. On defense on this defense? year? Well, no, I mean, no, I mean, over over his history. Correct. You know, historically he's had, mm-hmm. you know, big-name dudes, you know, Willie McGinnis, you know. Oh, he's had some players yeah, on defense. You know, Brewski back when, you know. Mm-hmm. uh Will Ford. Seymour. Lots of guys. Yeah, he's had dudes. But I guess to me, you know, it, it was interesting to see how he would coach against this young coach who everyone, you know, people and went And I will to, make the one point Bob, mm-hmm. before you continue. Mm-hmm. None of those studs that you mentioned are on that current defense he no. has. No, 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 okay. This was scheme and execution. Okay. And it was beautiful to watch. Mm-hmm. It was a beautiful scheme. It was. It was a beautiful plan. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was you, a masterful and game you saw plan. it executed perfectly. Don't don't disagree. Beautiful to watch. Uh, the problem the problem was that you didn't see the necessary counters coming from the other side. Okay, and McVeigh admitted to that. Yeah, he was out coached. Yeah, 
And I don't think that was just him not wanting to throw his players under the bus. I think he was really, was really out coached. No, no, I think that I think he, not only was he out coached, I thought he played a little timid. I think he got away from what got him to that point. I think Sean McVay is a gambler. Mm-hmm. Sean McVay is a gambler, but he got to the big game and wasn't necessarily that guy. Wasn't necessarily the gambler that got him to that point. And I'm not quite sure. I think it's it's cliche to, to say things like, you know, Belichick was in his head or stuff like that. I, I, you know, I'm not going to go that far. All right, let's but, do this, though. Something, okay. something I usually avoid doing. Oh, boy. Because I get you out your lane like every week. No, nah, not at all. <laughs> but what I something I usually try to avoid doing on on air mm-hmm. is getting into X's and O's. Okay. Simply because it's it can sometimes be hard to follow. Okay. But we're gonna keep this as simple as possible while getting into X's and O's. No problem. I'm listening. The Rams are run first play action team. Mm-hmm. Most of their passing game and everything is set up off of the play action. Okay. That run was going. Nowhere. Mm. Now, if you don't respect the run, how, you can't play action. Play is action doesn't work. Yep. So there's that part of it. Belichick, known, long known for taking your best play, your best player, your most explosive features of your offense, and just eliminating it, mm-hmm. making you go to something else. And he did it again. Their best. Driving force of that offense was that run, mm-hmm. which essentially went nowhere. Then you take that, couple it with the fact that, and this is something I actually expected to happen going in. My next point, okay, I, this was something I was looking for, looking to happen, mm-hmm. based on Belichick's history, and I don't know. All right, let's back up a little bit. Sean McVay is a coach who everyone is deemed a quote-unquote genius. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When the coaching coach hiring cycle began this year, what was all the talk? We're looking for the next Sean McVay. We need this next Sean McVay. Yeah. And superficially, I get that. But Sean McVay got to this game. And one thing I was looking to see how it played out was the way he calls it off his offense. Mm. Would it actually work, or would it end up be handicapping his offense? I personally think it handicapped the offense. Now that I've said that, I'm gonna tell you exactly what it is that I'm talking about. NFL coaches and quarterbacks are able to communicate through that headset until but pre-snap until they shut off the heads, headsets at about 15 seconds left on not about at 15 seconds on the play clock all year long if you watch Rams games watch Rams tape they got to that line early defenses would show their defense and Sean McVay is calling in audibles and adjustments before that headset got off. Mm-hmm. New England wasn't going to let that happen. 15 seconds in the, on, the, on the play clock, New England is just now beginning to show you what their defense is. Mm-hmm. 
and reports where they were essentially calling two defenses going to the line so that they had two different looks, one to go to, to, go to two different things mm-hmm. based on what they saw. And I was, ex- I was expecting Belichick to do something similar to that where he would not deploy his defenses early or show what he was in prior to that game clock going under 15 mm-hmm. simply to eliminate McVay's I don't know if I want to call it an advantage, though, because your quarterback now is in a situation where he's not used to having to read the defenses on his own, not used to having to make all the adjustments on his own, all the audibles on his own, all the pass protections on his own. And when he was in a situation where that was required, they got three points. So... So, My question to you is, I'll start with this question. Okay. Do you think that is just Belichick being Belichick and being one of the best defensive minds you've ever seen? Or am I on to something and is as effective and as it seemed during the regular season? Did McVay really handicap his quarterback? I think <clears throat> what you just what you just laid out there just shows the type of guy Belichick is. You know, the rest of the league is playing checkers and he's playing chess. You know, that's that's a masterful adjustment. And it's an adjustment that not every coach can teach. You know, that just comes from seeing it all. Year, you know, years of seeing it all, years of just studying tape. That's not just, you know, I'm not talking about like Spygate or, you know, anything mm-hmm. like that. That's just a dude using the same tape that everybody has access to. That's an adjustment not everybody's making, you know. So I guess for me, I think it just it speaks to the game plan that Belichick had. But also, but on the flip side, I think it also set, it, it speaks to the two coaches who were able to beat Bill Belichick in a Super Bowl. Oh, absolutely. You know, this speaks to, I'm talking about Tom Coughlin. I'm talking about Doug Doug. Peterson. You know, when you see the type of, you know, when you. We we can come back to that in a second. Mm -hmm. We'll come right right back to that. Let let me finish my point, you know, and we'll finish, you know, talking about the game. Then we'll come back to that. But all I'm saying is, you know, when you see, I, I, I felt like as boring as the optics of this game was. I thought visually it was not exciting. You know, I, I, you know, I've i been a staunch critic of, of just the optics of the game. I don't, you know, I don't mean that to take away from the game plan or who, Be- you know, Belichick is or even Sean McVay. You know, these are both good coaches. Or, you know, Bill Belichick, could quite possibly finish his career being the greatest coach of all time. However, I I guess I feel like what what we saw, you know, it's it's it it just it was a testament to his greatness. You know, a great game a great game plan and out coaching a young and up and comer. It was like, okay, here's a guy who, who's doing he's doing things a little bit differently. Watch me throw this at him. And what happens? 
So, you know, I'm not sure if that, that I mean, I'm not sure if that answers your question per se, but, you know, that, I mean, that's what I thought. Okay. Well, I had another question for you. I think we kind of got <laughs> off track, though. Well, that's all right. We got time. But, um, Anyway, so well, let me ask let me ask you this. While 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 you figure that out, let me ask you straight up, straight up. Do you think Sean Sean McVay was exposed in this game? Yeah. No. No. Okay. Why not? I didn't see anything that I hadn't seen before that mm-hmm. I or that I did not expect coming in. Mm-hmm. For someone, for me to say someone got exposed, mm-hmm. you had to show me something I didn't know was there. Okay. I saw exactly what I expected. Sean McVay seems to be a good motivator. Seems to be a guy whose players like playing for him. Okay. He seems to understand the X's and O's of football very well. I, at this point, still don't know If he, how can I say this? If he, like, if watching that game in New England or against New England in the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. there were moments where it really just felt like he didn't have a good feel for the game, if that makes sense. Sean um, McVay. Sean McVay. Okay. Where... The game in general or the game on Sunday? The game on Sunday. Okay, okay. There were parts of that game where, and this will be the first and last time you ever hear me say this on this show. Oh, boy. Okay. About to drop but there were, right now. there were parts of that game where Sean McVay felt Chip Kelly-ish to me. Really? Yes. Explain that. And I actually, oh, and I actually said the man's name. Mm-hmm. And I mean that from the standpoint of when it was time to make an adjustments, he was simply, I'm a genius. This is what I do. We're going to keep doing it. Whereas Bill Belichick's genius is in being able to morph into whatever fits the situation. Mm. What's Bill Belichick's system? Describe Bill Belichick's. You've watched Bill Belichick coach for 20 years. What's his system? Running back by, running back by committee, getting the ball. Uh, was it running back by committee with Corey Dillon? Like, was it the same coach, same team? Mm-hmm. No, no. I mean, I, well, I think Corey Dillon was the featured back. I think it was still running back by committee because he was Corey Dillon wasn't putting up the rushing numbers that he was putting up in Cincinnati. He wasn't, but that offense wasn't putting up those kind of that type of numbers back then. That was a really low scoring offense, defensive oriented team. Mm. But Corey Dillon carried the load. Mm. It wasn't Kevin Falk also on that team, or am I overlapping errors? I think you're overlapping errors. But okay. Kevin Falk. But, 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 well, he, but to he, answer he your question, what, what, he was what, not a significant. But for for the conversation, I mean, answer your own question. What, what kind of offense does does, does Bill Belichick but run? That was the point of my question. There is no answer to that question. Okay. 
You've seen Bill Belichick run spread offenses. You've seen him run two tight end offenses. You've seen him run power run offense with a vertical with a vertical component off the power run. You've seen him run whatever his personnel personnel tells him will get the most the best results. What kind of defense does he run? Three four four three forty six a hybrid. Whichever one the personnel says will work. Mm. And that is, he's not a guy who's committed to any one thing on the field. Look at all the coordinators coordinators he's had over the years. Mm-hmm. I mean, the it, it is with, with Bill Belichick, it is true, the only constant that all those teams have had. It's him over, and Brady. It's him and Brady. That's it. Mm-hmm. Whole, you know, uh, a coach that's smart ways? enough to mm-hmm. see what's happening. And a quarterback who can get it get the job done. Oh, co- offensive coordinators have come and gone. Defensive coordinators have come and gone. Special mm-hmm. teams coaches come and gone. And how many of those coordinators do you recall being a good head coach? The best one would probably be O'Brien, and the jury's still out on him. I mean, when I yeah. I mean the the he's he's the best one of the lot so far. Cornell, and, you know, Cornell's had a couple of jobs. Yeah, Charlie Weiss, couple of jobs. eh. So with all this being said, and when I actually brought up some of these adjustments Mm -hmm. and scheme things that Belichick did during the game, Mm -hmm. I could actually hear some excitement in your voice. So why wasn't there any excitement about the game watching this happen? Because it was boring. (laughs) So you're one of those guys who would much prefer – Kansas City versus the Rams type of game where it's 50 to 40 and nobody's playing defense. I mean, you're going from one extreme to another. You can't, I mean, I'm saying. I'm asking which would you prefer? Well, what I'm saying is why do I have to have either 13 to 3 or 54 to 40? Why can't I have 28 to. I mean, that's essentially what we were last year. Last year's Super Bowl, like ignoring the fact that our team was in it. We were looking at a game with record-setting offenses on mm-hmm. both sides of the Last ball. Last Super Bowl not... was forty-one to thirty-three. Mm-hmm. Super Bowl before that, thirty-four to twenty-eight. Super Bowl before that, twenty-four to ten. Super Bowl before that, twenty-eight twenty-four. Super Bowl before that, forty-three to eight. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, I'm sorry. Last year is the last year was the one where both teams scored above thirty. Mm-hmm. Only one that that you mentioned in that list where both teams scored above thirty. Uh, but well, last year was, which is why I went to last year's game. Mm-hmm. They were out there up and down the field all game long. It was the well, even prototypical shootout. It was a prototypical shootout, but there were still defensive plays made. You know, it wasn't like the defenses just laid down. You still had uh, you had a strip sack at the end. You had a strip sack in the game, and you had New England, New England making a pick. Where the ball should have been caught and it was a fluke bounce caught, up in the air by a guy with a torn That's rotator still defense. That's, That's still not de- defense. That's still defense. An the interception sh- is still defense. The strip yeah. sack was a defense. The interception was not caused by the defense. The defense happened to be in the he right caught. place when the ball flew up in did the air. Ca- did, the ca- did the ball hit him in his hands? Who, the receiver? No, the, the DB. Mm-hmm. Then That's defense. Because you could drop that. He could drop it. He could have dropped that. Let, let, let's not be come on. Let's be reasonable here. That, I am being reasonable. That, that's very reasonable. Was that interception forced by the defense's good play? Hmm. Was the deep was the interception did, forced was, by defense? No. Did, did a good play. defensive play cause that interception? 
if you're saying something that? other uh, something I'm trying to answer your question. If you're saying something other than the uh, the DB catching the ball, but we watch enough football and see enough DBs bounce in what should be interceptions off their hands. Mm-hmm. But so, that doesn't mean all of those are good defensive plays. Some of them are bad quarterback throws where the okay. DBs just make drop the Wasn't ball. Wasn't a bad throw. Guy but, didn't make didn't offense didn't make the play defense did. So, but here yes or no question. Was that interception caused by a good defensive play? No. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Nonetheless, but no, was it caused by – there's a difference between – you're making two different points, and let me explain to you what, how you're making two different points. Are you, There's one thing to say, yes, a good defensive play did not cause that interception, but that does not mean an interception is not a good defensive play. It's two definitions for the same term. All right. That's all I'm saying. And, and what I'm saying is being in the right place at the right time, being fortunate or being opportunistic, does not constitute playing good defense. Mm-hmm. A guy standing there and the ball falls in his lap and he happens to hold on to it, that does not constitute good defense to me. Mm-hmm. That's a guy who happened to be lucky to be in the right place at the okay. right time. So you're saying New England didn't play good de- defense last year? No, they did not. Okay. Okay. That's exactly what I'm saying. Okay. And for the most part of that game, the Eagles didn't either. Okay. Okay. The Eagles the Eagles started out that game playing a little bit better defense, but by the middle of the game into the third and fourth quarter, mm-hmm. nobody's playing defense except a fluke play here or there. That w- And you remember watching that game looking like mm-hmm. whoever has the ball is about to score. That was the feeling you had watching most of that game last year. Okay. And if that's how you feel, you can't say it's defense going on. No, but I think it's also that just you you feel that way, but you also know that okay, if that's if that is the way this game is going, mm-hmm. then if somebody has to make a play, and that's what makes the strip sack such a big deal. Mm-hmm. Because it's like okay, the offenses are going back and forth. They are scoring a lot of points. Somebody's got to play defense. Somebody's got to make a play. And I'm not denying that that one defensive play was a big play. Okay. What I am saying is that it was not a defensive game. Well, nobody it said was, it was a it defensive was a, game. I'm just, what I'm ga- just what I'm saying. Nobody said that it, it was a defensive game. But what, but what I am saying is it was there was enough defense in that game to make it a little bit more exciting than this 13-3 to slop that we had on Sunday. And, and what I'm saying is, I'm saying the opposite. I don't think there was very much defense in that game at all. I remember three plays where defense mattered in that game. Okay, but there's a big difference between saying not a lot of defense at all and no defense at all. Three plays over the course of an entire football game is no defense. Okay. There's, a, mean, there's an interception. I, 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 I there's a strip, dis- there's I, a strip I, sack. I humbly and Malcolm Jenkins disagree. putting Brandon Cooks to sleep. Other than that, I don't remember any defense from that game. Okay. Okay. I mean, I, I think that's just a, a, a difference of opinion. I think there was enough to make that game exciting. And I think that game was exciting strictly because of offense. I don't think, mm-hmm. other than the strip sack at the end, defense had anything to do with the excitement mm-hmm. in that game. We're watching a track meet, seeing who could score mm-hmm. more. You're watching the. You're watching one of one of, if not the greatest quarterback of all time. Defense made a play on him to strip the ball that that was pretty much saved the game. I think that's enough to me. I think the magnitude of that strip sack changes things. I think that's to be noted. I mean, if you, I, I mean, look, I'm, at this point, I'm I'm not here to change your opinion. I'm just stating 
how I view it. How I feel like there was enough defense in that. I feel like there was enough defense. And I game. am here to change your opinion because I, be, I believe your opinion is wrong. Well, okay, I understand <laughs> that. I respect that. You're uh, and you're welcome to try. You have been trying. You so, haven't changed my mind yet. All right, so, so here, mm-hmm. here we go. Uh, we're gonna do this. Okay. We're looking at a. Let's call it a different sport. Let's say basketball game. Okay. If we're playing a basketball game, guys are running up and down, scoring all game long. They're two blocks and a steal in the whole game, and one of those blocks decides who wins. Are you going to say it was a defensive game or defense decided the game? No. Well, one, you're making here's – the, here's the problem in that analogy. You're making two different points. No, I'm not going to say that it was a defensive game, but if a – a block or a steal helps decide the game, then yeah, I'm going to say there was some defensive, there was, there was defense helped shape the game. And offense helped shape this Rams Patriots game. There were points scored. Someone got in the end zone. It's the exact same, but on the opposite end, Mm -hmm. there were two or three defensive plays Mm -hmm. that ended up being big factors in this year's game. Last year's game, there were, or excuse me, last year's game there were two or three defensive plays that ended up being big factors. Mm-hmm. This year there were a couple offensive plays that ended up being big factors and they decided the game. Mm-hmm. It's just a swing versus offense or defense. And today, in my opinion, most fans want offense and just don't appreciate defensive part of the okay. game. Okay. Now that, now and that, I think that, you may that, fall into that group. I'm not it's not, sure a, bad, it's I'm not, not a bad well, I'm thing. Saying, I'm not not well, to say there's something not, wrong with you. I, I just no, well, I know there ain't nothing <laughs> wrong with me. I'm saying I don't know if I don't know if I fall into that category. But what I'm saying is that. But I do see what you're saying about that category. Mm-hmm. Now let me ask you. Let me ask you this: How do you explain Todd, Todd Gurley only getting ten touches? And did that did that stand out to you in that game? That absolutely stood out to me. Mm-hmm. I noticed it. You couldn't help but notice it because the the announcers were kept bringing yeah, it up every couple up. every well, couple should, minutes. I shouldn't say ten touches. He got ten rushes. He got two two catches, so twelve touches. Mm-hmm. Twelve touches total. Now, the run up the middle wasn't working. Mm-hmm. They weren't really getting to the edge on the outside with the run, mm-hmm. and Gurley had how many yards? 35 yards, his longest run was 16. So 10 yard, ten carries for 35 yards. He's averaging three and a half yards a carry. Mm-hmm. That's not that great. No, and you have C.J. Anderson, who had been running well in, in recent weeks. 22 yards. So he's about three yards a carry, too. Mm-hmm. So between the two of them, you got 17 carries in a game where you're losing most of the game. Mm-hmm. And the run just flat out isn't working. I not enough but it's not low to the point where you say what happened why didn't they try to run the ball at all the run just didn't work Hmm. you look at the numbers and how the numbers bear out there weren't enough opportunities to really establish Hmm. a running back either running back how many three and outs did the Rams have there was a their first eight possessions all ended in punts. Yeah. It was so trying to get a running back okay. established when you're off the field after one, two plays, well, three plays, mm-hmm. 
one or two th- first downs and you go on if you get one if you get one or two first downs it's that's a situation where eyeballs just it would kind of sticks out like where is he but when you really get into it it's like yeah you m- probably should have got him involved more but I don't know how much more you could have realistically done okay. with the game going the way it was okay so now that it's all said and done the dust is settled. There's a Super Bowl champion. They've already had their parade. Hate the Patriots. <laughs> but, but as for me, mm-hmm. with the Patriots, I still once again go with history. You know, I'm not. There's, you know, you can only do but so much early, early predictions. Because mm-hmm. we, we, you know, we don't know how the draft is going to shake out. We don't know how free agency is going to shake out. We don't know what injuries are going to happen or whatever. But history you, will always. You're not say, about to ask me to predict next season, no, are you? No. Well, I, I will. Say, I will say this. <laughs> it's going to be. It's, it's a prediction with a twist. All right. We're not going to talk AFC. But what you see from the Rams, because I, I, I believe Patriots are prob- Patriots could would should probably be there again and if they're not you know and i won't believe they won't be until they're not well if you're asking do i think the rams are going to have a chance to try to do it again next year yes Yes. they will be a viable team next year okay that's what i wanted to know the question with the rams will be the year after that when they either have to pay golf golf or find a new quarterback okay because that team is a team full of high-priced talent right now Mm -hmm. not named jared goff and Jared Goff, when he gets paid, is going to eat into all those all positions. That money. He's going to make Wide all receiver, D line. You, I mean, think about all the high priced talent on that line, mm-hmm. on that team. Excuse Donald. me, Donald and Sue, Sue. on the D line, mm-hmm. Peters and Tlaib in the secondary. Mm-hmm. You've got Cooks on the out on the outside as a wide receiver. Yeah, you got to figure. Uh, in the end, you got to figure. Gurley's getting paid. Mm-hmm. LA's going to gear up for one more run. That's what I figure next year will yeah. be while they, while they have to have their quarterback on his rookie deal. Mm-hmm. I think I figure they'll put off paying him until after the season. Okay. Ride out next year on his rookie deal mm-hmm. and take their take their shot. Okay. Okay. They're not frauds. No. I don't necessarily know that I can consider them ready to Super Bowl ready. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't go as far far as to call them frauds. No. Not yet. No. They're no. just they're they're a team with a young coach and a young quarterback mm-hmm. on the rise. Agreed. Now, if six, seven years from now we're still looking at them like, yeah, you can't get past the second round, then yeah, now and you're then, frauds. Then, now you're frauds. No, at, I'm just it's too early for them to even be thinking about fraud territory yet. Agreed. 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 You wanna take a break, shift uh Shift gears. I'm 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 done talking about the Super Bowl. <laughs> Commercials bar- was whack. We barely talked about the game though. Do we just talk? <laughs> <laughs> I gave it all I could, man. <laughs> Anything else? Or I'm talking about the Super Bowl. I'm talking about the commercials, which is whack. One good commercial out the whole lot. You notice I intentionally didn't mention the commercials because I mean that I think we agree there. They were the commercials were bad. Uh, that NFL at one hundred. That was the, that was the, all right. That's the on, that was the only commercial I really remember, other than for the movies. I thought the, I thought the Avengers movie. You know what? 
I'm mad at those trailers too. The yeah. Avengers trailer, the Why Captain Marvel tra- Marvel trailer. Why are you mad at that? Because they were like ten seconds long. Mm, okay. Like you could tell they were like, okay, it cost five million for the Super Bowl, and we just put a hundred million into making this movie. So, mm-hmm. what? I don't want the full thirty second spot. I'm gonna do Avengers for ten seconds before the game. Yeah, they that Avengers wasn't even during the game. game. It was before the game. We, the time slots are cheaper. Mm-hmm. Hey. And then Captain Marvel was like a 10, 15 second spot. Didn't no, even no. give you the whole thirty mm-hmm. second spot. You got the uh, Hobbs and. Are you Fast and Furious fan? Or you you don't mess with that? I dabble. I watch them. I wouldn't okay. say I'm a big fan, but I've watched. I watch them. See, that's me. I'm, a, I'm, I'm I'm all in on that. So Hobbs and Shaw, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm in on it. Even though, even though I saw the I saw that trailer before the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So nothing in the trailer that aired in the Super Bowl was, was something, I, something I hadn't seen. Exactly. But it was still like okay, all right. You know that stood out to me. The movie stood out for me, and the NFL at 100 spot stood out for me, and then nothing else. Absolutely nothing else. I, I mean, I was watching a bunch of them thinking, all right, you know what? What are the odds that this company will still be in business by the NBA finals? <laughs> you know, people spend it, you know, these companies spend their whole budget or Super Bowl ads, but no juice. Did you watch the halftime show? Your Maroon 5 guy? All right, now we're going to take a break. <laughs> we'll, we'll be right. We'll be right back after this. If there was ever a time you need more Mike Jones, John Brown, offense, defense, and discourse right after the break. When you need to be caught up on all that's going on in the sports world, tune into the Best in the World Sports Report with all-knowing John Brown each and every Saturday morning starting at 8 a.m. here on the Philly Go Flow at phillygoflow.com. The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are strictly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. All right, everybody, we are back. Hmm. Now we're going to switch gears a little bit, but you got to because you, you you shot me a look of all looks. No, nah, I try to bring up that halftime. And, and and that's where I am right now. Before before we get into our, our last segment, okay, let's talk about the halftime show. Because no it, juice. Let's see. Now I'll, I'll, I'm I'm gonna surprise you a little bit. Okay. I like Maroon Five. Okay. I mean, look, it's not what well, I, I, I I'll put it to you. Like I've this, purchased right? a Maroon Five album before. I, I like Maroon Five. Oh. No, I, I. That's I, what I, I told. I'm about to. I told you I was going to surprise I, you. I'm a little surprised because that know. being said, it doesn't feel like. And I know they have to try to be as open, welcoming. It reaches broad mass appeal. As they can be at an event like the Super Bowl with a hundred million eyes on it, mm-hmm. but if I'm in the middle of a smash mouth old school physical defensive football game, not really feeling. She will be loved at halftime. Just doesn't seem to work. <laughs> it's funny. Um, you, you, like you can I, like it almost kind of kills my vibe for yeah, the game. It, it, going it, to a pop concert at halftime. You you, you bring that up. And, you know, I, I went to Morgan State University, mm-hmm. which is a historically black college. Um, and, you know, 
when when you're dealing with historically black colleges and football, the the show within the show is the halftime show. The, when band. the, when the bands come out. Mm-hmm. And while I was in school, you know, we have a great band. Shout out to the shout out to the magnificent marching machine at Morgan State University. But a lot of times that band will play like some like Stevie Wonder, like some some slow jams. And there'd be people in in the crowd like, this this is a football game. I don't want to hear you are the sunshine of my life at halftime of a football game. Exactly. You no, know, who wants to hear ribbon in the sky at, at, at a football game? Great song. Great song. I, I love I Stevie love, Wonder. Yeah, yeah, Stevie Wonder's the greatest. He's what you know. But I love ribbon. You know, I just watched guys smashed each other mm-hmm. in the head for an hour and a half, and I, I, and I got another hour and a half to go. Don't want to hear slow jams. Exactly. You know, I, I'm now. I, I pissed you off a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, you it wasn't with which time? It probably won't be the first. Yeah, well, won't I, be the last. I, I, I pissed you off a couple of weeks ago when I told you what I would be watching instead of the Pro Bowl. You know, you you had railed on the Pro Bowl and how terrible of an example of football it was, and you were you were you were pretty much down on the Pro Bowl until I told you what I planned on watching instead of the Pro Bowl. I don't know if I was down on it. Down on the Pro Bowl? Yeah, you no, were down on the Pro Bowl. I don't think I, I – I'm saying I – no, I know I was down on the Pro Bowl. Right. I'm saying I don't know if I was down on your alternative programming choices. Uh, yeah, yeah, you were. You, you were down. I told you I was going to watch wrestling. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if I was – I, I watched yeah, wrestling. It, it, I mean, yeah, I'm – I just – I think I just pointed out that it was scripted. Well, I understand that. Well, you know – but, none, but I, none of, I enjoy the sports interta- occasional sports entertainment from time to time. I, I will say this. Uh, WWE did something that they haven't done in a very long time, which was provide a their own halftime alternative show. I heard, I heard about that. I didn't and, watch, mm, but I, 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 I heard I about watch. it. Now, you, you, you come down here. You've come to my house. We shoot this. We record this show in my house, in my basement, in my, uh, I'm using the air quotes, my man cave. Now you see that big TV over there. Mm-hmm. Big TV always, you know, that's without question has the Super Bowl. Then a little TV has, you know, whatever alternative, whatever whatever else might be on. Now I will say for the halftime show, switch the Super Bowl over to the small TV and put the wrestling on the big TV. And I will say for myself as a wrestling fan, that was a good call. WWE halftime heat was a hundred times better than that Maroon Five concert. Now, once once uh, wrestling went off, which was at the end of halftime, Super Bowl returned to the big TV. Little TV got turned off because there's really nothing else on TV during the Super Bowl. Do you want to know what I did during the halftime? Took a nap. No, I didn't. I was away. Got some food. No, I put my headphones in. Uh huh. Plugged them into my phone because I'm I'm mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. at an event for the game. Okay, not a big event because mm-hmm. I I actually like to be able to watch the game. Mm-hmm. But couple friends, mm-hmm. you know, nothing major. But I pull out my pull my phone out my pocket, uh-huh. put my headphones in, and you listen to offense, defense, and discourse. Mm-hmm. Why would I do that? I already know what we said. Okay, I, I, I don't know. You know. I've never listened. I never listened to myself on the radio. I hate the sound of my own voice. Understand? A lot of people feel that way. Well, I mean, no, I mean, I don't mean like <laughs> hate the sound of your voice. A lot of people hate the sound of their own voices. No, I'm but, sorry. 
No, I, I took out my phone, put in my headphones, and watched Thursday night's episode of The Big Bang Theory. That was wow. my halftime. That was my halftime show. Wow. Right, about the time the episode was ending, mm-hmm. I look up. Oh, they're oh, done. Okay. Great. Right, cool. cool. We can, let's watch some football again. Now, do you watch do you watch the Super Bowl with the same group of people every year? This no, not the same group. One of two groups. Mm-hmm. I only I I have a very and you know, this is probably not something I should say as I'm on the air talking sports to the people. Okay. Be, be careful. I don't want you, I don't want you to get in trouble. I don't like talking sports with most people. Mm, okay. I'm the guy like when you go out and people are talking sports. You want to steer clear. I get quiet. Like, mm. no, nah, I don't like NBA. Like, what's that? What's that? Mm. That's the bowling association. Mm. Mm. No, no. You know? No, I understand. Like, I hear that LeBron James guy is all right. It, it, Le- Le- who? LeBron? Never heard of him. Let's see. You, they know you're lying <laughs> if you say you never heard of him. But, like, yeah, I heard he's all right. Mm-hmm. He, he mm-hmm. But, mm, I, I steer clear. But they, but but your friends know what you do. Right. They know you have a. They but, know you have a show. They know you do a podcast. You know. But my friends, mm-hmm. they know. These weren't your friends. No, or, or, or no I'm, I'm not saying. I'm not talking my friends. I'm just saying in general. Oh, okay. When I, when I'm out, I don't. I'm not. I don't like talking sports with people. Mm-hmm. So that is why I keep it to mm-hmm. a small group of people that I'm actually willing to watch games mm-hmm. with. It, it, people I know understand what they're watching mm-hmm. and aren't going to even if they get emotional about the game which mm-hmm. is expected mm-hmm. you're not going to just gonna go straight into idiot mode yeah. all right perfect example okay sixers were playing a week ago mm-hmm. maybe two weeks something like that but not fairly recently mm-hmm. and i'm out watching the game and Group, couple guys sitting to sitting to my right. They start talking basketball, and I immediately pull out my phone, start reading the news. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking at the game on TV. Mm-hmm. I'm doing everything I can to seem dim- disinterested in sports as I'm hearing this conversation with next to me. And the reason I'm doing that is because thirty seconds into their into their conversation. I know this is something I want absolutely no parts of. All it's going to do is make me mad. Like, well, what were? Can I ask what were they talking about? They were de- they were debating who was the goat in basketball. You dropped your head. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't even tell you what the argument was. Really, I just no, said they were debating the goat in basketball. Okay. Well, I, I kind of. I have a feeling where it's going, to, Do you, but I don't but. know if you saw this. I, I tweeted about this. Okay, a friend of ours, Anthony Gilbert, and I had a little back and forth exchange okay. on Twitter. Yeah, shout out to him, man. You gotta get him on the show. Oh, working on it. Okay. So we, the conversation they were debating was Michael Jordan the goat. Mm-hmm. You know, that that always happens. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't Michael Jordan versus LeBron. That was not the debate. Michael Jordan versus Kobe? No. Michael Jordan versus Bill Russell? No. 
Michael Jordan versus Wilt Chamberlain? No. Michael Jordan versus Tim Duncan? No. Kevin Durant? No. Let Carl, me know when you give up. Keep Carl, Carl Malone? No, you're welcome to keep going. Right, We've no. got some time left on the show, so okay. if you just want to kill this show, <laughs> guessing NBA players. Give me three more guesses. All right. Magic okay. Johnson? No. Charles Barkley? No. Grant Hill? No. Okay, now I give up. Let's see. He played for this, the same franchise that Magic played for and a. And a Shared a franchise with Barkley. Shared a franchise with Johnson and with Barkley. And with Tim Duncan. Robert Ory? Yes, Robert Ory. Wow. Because he has seven rings. No, because Robert Ory is the only one with more rings than Michael Jordan. You see, this is these are the times when this show needs to be on TV because yeah, yeah, that's that you you, you did yeah you did the right thing staying out of that one. See, first of all, we're talk we're talking about Robert Ory. Yeah, we are. Yes, Big Shot Bob. Yeah, he. I mean, he Big, but Ory didn't suck. I didn't say he sucked. No, no. What I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is, like, he was a he good was, player. He was a good player. Yeah, he was. He was good. Not great, but no, great at no, times. No one ever had great moments. No one ever accused him of being great. Yeah, he, he played for great teams. Okay, he had some great shots. Yes, great moments. Yes, that doesn't make you a great player. No, not at all. No, no. But you right. did the right thing, staying out of that one. That yeah, that yeah, but yeah. Like, people talk sports and it makes me mad. Mm. Like, another conversation that someone actually tried to pull me into. They tried. I almost got suckered into this one. There was a debate about, someone was talking about Ben Simmons. And Ben Simmons, their concern with him was that at, 21, 22 years old Mm -hmm. in his third year in the NBA, he has already proven that he'll never be able to develop a jump shot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so first, so they tell, so this person, these these people start telling me, it was like, you never seen anybody in the third year in the NBA that just didn't know how to shoot and still develop. I'm like, okay. First of all, that's not true. Jason Kidd could not shoot early in his career. Magic Johnson, no outside shot early in his career. I mean, I already said Jason Kidd, but I always laugh because at one point in his career, people called him Asen because he had no J. <laughs> and then I, I, I went to a Hall of Fame analogy. Scottie Pippen, early in his career. Not a good outside shooter. Mm. By the time he hit his pr- prime, Scotty was a very reliable shooter. Well, then this is where it went off the rails. I was like, oh, well, you said Scotty Pippen. I was like, well, yeah, I said Scotty. And, well, where was Scotty at his second, third year of the league? I was like, okay, you're right. But 
first of all, why are we comparing Scotty at his third year in the league when Scotty went four years in college? Let's compare Scotty at 21 to Ben Simmons at 21. Scotty Pippen at 21 was playing at Central Arkansas State. No one thinking he was might he might not ever make the league, and he definitely couldn't shoot. There's a good portion of people who follow basketball who like basketball who didn't even know that Central Arkansas State was a thing. Exactly. Yeah. Or we're looking at, and then I gave him a better, a, a, a more recent, more. I don't, I guess, relevant example. Giannis Antetokounmpo, who's 24 now. Three years ago, what was his jump shot like? Same as Ben's. He wouldn't shoot it. Mm -hmm. Just like Ben. He would not shoot. Mm -hmm. You start to grow. You start to develop. You get a little more comfortable. You get a lot more confident. These things change. If you watch Ben Simmons shoot, his mechanics aren't bad. He just doesn't have the confidence. His elbow isn't consistently where it needs to be but mm -hmm. that that'll come with time that's muscle memory and it's a matter of confidence i think honestly to your point and to this especially that conversation when it well you know what you could probably apply it to a bunch of sports conversations i think some of them just become cliche but, like when you when you're like you you talk about wanting to avoid those specific well sports conversations in general and I, I I see what you mean, mm -hmm. and I get it. And I feel like some people make arguments because they hear it all the time. Like, they're, like I can understand you wanting to avoid the greatest of all time conversation. Right. Like, Let me ask you a question. Well, hold on. Let me, let me, I, let me, I have to ask this question because okay. you're, you're saying it because I hear it all the time. Mm -hmm. Where have where has anyone ever heard that Robert Ory was the goat or that he's the only person with more championships than Mike? Well, I'm sorry. Ask the question again. Where? Because you, you said people are repeating things they hear all the time. Well, I will say no. Well, I'm asking where would they have ever heard that Robert Ory is the goat or that he's the only other person with more championships than Mike? Because, well, I think there there are people when you you can it, you could have a legitimate basketball conversation about who the greatest of all time is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, depending on where you fall, you, you could have it and there could be an argument to whoever player there is. But then there's also going to be people that say, hey, Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time because he has six rings. Mm -hmm. And then there's going to be that one person, well, Robert Ory has more than Mike. Like, I've heard people say, I've heard people suggest it, and I'm not saying that they, that's a legitimate but argument. Did but they I'm ever saying, suggest he was actually like yes, Robert Ory was yes, better I, than Mike? I, I have heard that, and what I'm saying is, to your point, I, no, no, no. I, let, let me, I, let me, I'm not stopping you. I just had, I just need clarification yes, on something. I have heard where people, you heard people mention that. Yes, are they saying that Robert Ory is better than Mike? Yes, or I have heard or, or, or are they mentioning to say that? The number of rings is just not the end all. No, because no, I've no. heard people bring it up, like when people say, "Well, Mike has six rings; he has more rings than so and so." I've heard people no, say, no, "Well, no, Robert I, Ory has more rings no, than Mike," I, I, to I, make that point yeah, that rings aren't I, everything. I, I get, I get that point. No, I, I get what you're so saying. I just, I'm just no, asking no, for clarification. No, no, what I'm saying is, no, I completely understand that point. Yes, to say, hey, you know, here's a guy just because this guy has more than Mike. 
Yeah, doesn't like, make him. No, I've heard people actually say, and when I'm, I've heard people actually say, "Hey, Robert Ori has more rings than Mike. That must make that makes him better than Mike." And what I am saying is that had to have been tongue in cheek. No, what I'm saying is those are the. Con- that's why I understand completely when you say, you know what, their conversation. When I hear people talking about sports, like I, I want to steer clear. Like I've said, like I might say that to someone. No, like no. If, we're, if I'm having a sports argument with someone. And they go to the whole argument, well, rings is everything. Mm-hmm. And rings matter. Winning yes. or yeah. winning matters. But when you get to the point where you thought so someone's whole argument is rings are everything, mm-hmm. yeah. I, oh, oh, I might throw that Robert Ory argument well, in your thing. face, when, too. Like, yeah, he has more rings than when, Mike. When, Does that well, make I, him better? I, I will put it to you like this. When people want to have the rings is everything argument, mm-hmm. I don't go to Robert Ory. To me, that's not a segue to Robert Ory. That's a segue to Bill Russell. But you know, I, I don't like Bill Russell because Bill Russell actually could be the greatest ever. No, no, but, that's but, a legit no, argument. No, no, but but that's what I'm saying. That like when if if I'm going to jump into that conversation with people who put rings above everything, I don't go Robert Ory. I go Bill Russell. But that's why I'm saying I go Robert Ory simply to illustrate how ridiculous no. you're being by yeah. using the rings no, as everything no, argument. Yeah, because well, so, so we're what I'm saying we're talking two different contexts, and, that, and that's why I asked for yeah, clarification. Yeah, yeah. no, I'm I, I get what you're saying. What I'm saying is, and I get what you're saying, and I completely acknowledge that so that it can, it comes off and it is completely asinine to suggest that Robert Ory is better than Michael Jordan. I'm not here to stand up for those people making that argument. I'm just saying I've heard it before, and I'm saying that as when it comes to wanting to stay out of certain sports conversations with certain people, I completely, totally understand where you're coming from. Because I've been there because I've heard some silly arguments. I've heard some, you know, some silly things, people saying silly stuff, and you just don't want to even touch it. You don't even want to get into it. You know, it's like, you know, and what I say is like a lot of times these arguments get cliché. You know, it it get it becomes cliché. People just make arguments for the sake of making arguments. Like if you're going like if you're going to say rings is a thing, I'm not going to say Robert Ory. I'm going to say Bill Russell. And then what do you say? Because, no, I'm not going to say Robert Ory because the, suge- the suggestion that Robert Ory might be better than Michael Jordan is stupid. But it's not stupid if you're talking about Bill Russell. I always say that because people always talk about rings, rings, rings. That's why Kobe and LeBron, excuse me, Kobe and Michael are better are better than George, uh, excuse me, Kobe and Michael are better than LeBron. And then my argument would always be if rings are what makes Kobe and Michael better than LeBron, then you need to acknowledge that five plus six equals 11. 11 is Bill Russell. That's that's what you want to put ring. If you want when somebody comes to me and says, hey, man, LeBron is not in Kobe and Michael's ring league because LeBron has three championships. Kobe has five. Jordan has six. Bill Russell has more rings than fingers. That's true. But nonetheless, it's like you've had we've had the, the, the greatest of all time in the in bat in basketball conversation. And at this point, yeah, you know, I, I feel like I, me and you are on the same page, and there's a select number of people I'll have this conversation with. Because I want to have that conversation with somebody who will bring something new to the table with an argument that makes sense. And I feel the same thing with the Ben Simmons jumper 
conversation where it's like, hey, this guy is still, you know, this guy is in his third season, in the third third season with the Sixers, second season in the league. After one year of uh, college basketball, why are you acting like you can like players can't improve? But to me, it's like they're, when you bring up Ben Simmons, it's like people throw out that jumper conversation because it makes him sound smart. Oh, he's got to develop a jumper. Oh, I can never trust the Sixers until Ben Simmons develops a jumper. I mean, he does have to develop a jumper. He does have to develop a jumper, but the thing is, because his game is not perfect in his second his second pro season, isn't a reason to not give up on him. Nobody said give up. Without a jumper, I, I, he's still... I won't say no one. No, but no, well, you, no one intelligent said give up on him. Okay. But nonetheless, it's like the jumper is a concern. The jumper is... The jumper is a problem. Yeah, the jumper is a problem. But nonetheless, without the jumper, I'm still seeing a starting point guard, 17-9-8, on a team with 30-plus wins. Does the jumper need to come? Yes. See, I'm is quiet. That, that's, not, that's not a reason. I'm, I'm quiet for a reason. That's because you believe numbers are, are deceiving. Numbers are absolutely deceiving in right. basketball. Numbers are numbers deceiving. are the easiest thing for me to lie to you with in basketball. Mm-hmm. Numbers would make you think but two num- years ago Russell Westbrook was the best point guard in basketball. Numbers That's can, what the numbers, numbers can make be, you think. Numbers can be deceiving. Numbers can lie to you depending on what you're, the point that you're trying to make with those numbers. I'm not trying to make the point that Ben Simmons is perfect. I'm not trying to make the point that Ben Simmons doesn't need a jumper. What I'm saying is Ben Simmons isn't a lost cause without the jumper. Ben Simmons, I'm saying Ben Simmons has shown me enough to give me cause to wait for the jumper. Ben Simmons, those numbers, those numbers don't lie to you. How long are you willing to wait? What's a reason? You're saying you're willing to wait for the jumper. What's a reasonable amount of time to wait? Honestly, I don't don't know. Two seasons? I don't know. When he's 25? I don't know. And he's twenty. There, there has to be a limit I, to it. There has to be a limit, but I don't have to put one on it either. What I'm so, saying is, it doesn't have to be right now. I, oh, nobody said right now. I'm yeah, not, a lot of people are saying right now. The people who are saying that Ben Simmons, that the people who are writing off Ben Simmons because he don't have a jumper, are saying right now. Okay. Well, first of all, anyone who's expecting the Sixers as is to compete for a championship this year are idiots. Okay. So okay. let's start with that. <laughs> Right. Now, once we've established that the people are idiots, we can move to the next step. Mm-hmm. That if you're expecting Ben Simmons to be a de- finished, developed product right now, mm-hmm. you're also an idiot. Okay. So let's not actually talk about what the idiots are saying right okay. now. No problem. Let's, let's talk rational basketball. Well, here's the problem with that. You don't want to talk about what the idiots are saying. You want to talk rational basketball, but what you wanted to talk about on this show was the New York Knicks and how they handled Kristaps Porzingis. Exactly. That I'd absolutely want to talk about that. Isn't it? That, you know, that has nothing to do with the idiots, unless we're talking about James Dolan. Okay, yeah, well, we're talking idiots. But but he, he's relevant because he actually owns a team. Okay. He's not just a nobody at the bar watching the game. Okay. He's an NBA owner. Yes. But. This time, my issue isn't really with Dolan. Okay, who's your issue with? Porzingis. Oh, okay. Why is your issue with Porzingis? What has this kid done 
to make him think he's so special that he deserves any kind of special treatment or attention. Or he came in the league before he ever set foot in the league. Oh, I don't want to play for this team. I don't want to go to that team. I want to go here. So he gets to the team that he wanted to go to. He's still in his rookie deal mm-hmm. two, three years in. Oh, I don't want to be here anymore. I don't think y'all are doing anything to win. I want to get out of here. He, to me, is st- – and he didn't even play this year. He hasn't played a game all year. You're not helping this team win. They weren't a winner when you were out there playing last year. They looked a little better, but they weren't winning. They didn't look like world. No one thought they were a contender when you were healthy last year. So my question is, at this point, what are you more than a spoiled brat? You are the epitome of this entitled generation thinking everyone you deserve something. Everyone owes you something. You have earned nothing at this point in the you league. Want the, you want the millennial you, you, route on. You're not an all Has he been an all-star? Was he all-star? No. Uh, ooh. I don't believe he was. The, let me get the research team on that. He, By the research team, I mean me. Because I, I'm, I'm thinking he would have been an all-star last year, but didn't he get injured before the all-star game? And, well, that being said, no playoff appearances, so obviously no playoff wins. Not all NBA first team, second team. Yes, he was an all-star. He was was named to an all-star team, but I believe he got hurt before the all-star game. Yeah, I believe that's right. So so we're looking at a guy. He made the all-star team once. But beyond that, so what? What's he he really done in the league? Mm -hmm. So you put that on him. You you put that whole mess on him. The whole mess in New York? Of course not. You don't put the whole mess in New York on him. But what I am putting on him is a trend that I'm seeing which stretches back to before he was a member of the Knicks. Okay. That I want want it my way, I want it now, or get me out of here. Mm Mm-hmm. That's no way to handle your business as a pro. Unfortunately, it's what we're seeing more and more often. Mm-hmm. It's it's a sad trend mm-hmm. that like guys used to really fight, scrap, compete, and maybe if you got to 30 and you were looking at the downside of your career, Mm-hmm. Then you start thinking about relocating, getting onto a better team, making trade demands. But prior to that, what you're looking for is getting your team better. Mm-hmm. These guys don't do that. These guys is like, oh, I lost mm-hmm. once. I need four superstars now. Mm-hmm. Let's go to Miami. That's what these guys do now. And yes, I intentionally said Miami. Because I yes, I'm making a reference to LeBron James, who was the one who I think really started this trend and ruined it. Ruined it. Okay. He was in Cleveland. Nobody wants to come to Cleveland. It's Cleveland. Cleveland sucks. You joke him knowing that? <laughs> so he can't beat a team in Boston, which a bunch of old guys who were only going to be together for another year or two. They're at the end of their run. But he can't wait that out. So he says, yeah, I'm going to go to Miami with all my boys. 
we're going to have like a bunch of all-stars and we're just going to try to win a bunch of championships and that didn't work out either but that was the that was the mentality mm. so at that point he changed the dynamic i have a team loaded up with wade and bosh and lebron and then you fill out the roster whatever aging star you want cuz they'll come play for the minimum get a chance to win a championship mm-hmm. and those are the guys you expect to do it not okay. superstars in their prime, but you're going to get all the ones you th- of them you want now, mm-hmm. because they know if I'm looking for a championship contender, that's my o- only book game in town. Mm-hmm. So now everybody's mad at Durant because he went to Golden State. But let me ask you an old, honest question: okay. Considering the bar, the standard where LeBron set it, with how he had the team in Miami, and then when he went to back, went to Cleveland, mm-hmm. how that team got put together. LeBron uh, and Kevin Durant knows he's in the same league getting judged against LeBron Mm -hmm. and fair or not people are looking at championships as a factor in how great you are where is he going to go and have a chance to win at the time where he left OKC where was he going to go and realistically have a chance to win Golden State Golden State or go play with LeBron Mm -hmm. and if he went and played with LeBron he'd have got looked at even worse Mm. As much as people say that Golden State move was bad, if Kevin Durant had well, gone to play with LeBron and Kyrie, and yeah. Ky- he'd have got murdered even worse. Yeah, you have a team. You have you. You would have Kyrie, Durant, LeBron, and Kevin Love on one team. Mm-hmm. You go from a big three, you know, the the super big threes to the big four. Yeah, yeah. And then, and if anything, had he went to, had he went to, uh, Cleveland, it would have made people like. I think Durant going to Golden State is kind of what started the anti-Golden State mentality mm-hmm. in, in basketball. Prior because to that, everybody every, loved them. They were the feel-good feel good story, homegrown yes, talent, yes, bunch of exactly, underdogs yes, that nobody yes, really yes, expected yes. to be as great as they, they were. Went for, they, yeah, they went, from the, they went from the Red Sox Steph to the Yankees. Steph was the baby face yeah. angel. Yeah, they went from the Red Sox to the Yankees. They went from being the anti establishment, the anti-machine mm-hmm. to the machine. You know? But no, I, I I agree. But but let me ask you this. Do you feel like do you feel like players like Durant and LeBron who played out their contract and then left via free agency, you don't feel like that makes a difference between that and Kristaps Porzingis demanding a trade? And not playing out his contract. Oh, it absolutely makes a difference. That that does make a difference. Okay. No, because but, I mean, uh, you, you, now, now, go, go ahead. don't get me wrong. Like, I absolutely understand guys wanting to go to a better situation. Mm-hmm. I I don't fault anyone for wanting to go to a situ- better situation. What the trend I'm saying LeBron started is not wanting to compete. LeBron didn't want to compete. LeBron wanted to go to Miami and have guaranteed championships. Mm. That is where I say you get start getting to the downfall of the sport, mm. where everybody looks at the NBA now. Who's gonna? You pretty much feel like you know who's gonna win the championship this year, right? Mm. You've pretty much felt like that for the last five years, haven't you? Yeah. Where it was gonna be Golden State or Cleveland, mm. and then once Durant got there, you knew it was gonna be Golden, Golden State. State. So let me ask you this. This whole move, we've we've been back and forth on this move, LeBron's move to L.A. 
because I feel like I, I'm glad you brought that up. Let's well, get into that now. Okay, let's go ahead because and get into it. Let's, I mean, let's. I mean, honestly, he's, starting to do the, he's starting to do the same mess in L.A. He's starting to do the same mess in L.A. But I feel like what I feel like his mentality has changed, and we've talked about this on the show before. We've talked about this in the past, where I just feel like you know what I see and agree with your point that LeBron just wanted ready-made championships Mm -hmm. and went to situations where there could be ready-made championships. Mm -hmm. And LeBron, I have felt like up until this season, LeBron was somebody who was driven by the perception of his legacy. I still feel that way. I don't. I don't, and let me explain to you why. Because I feel like there were better situations or in situations that would better provide a that would better provide the situation that could lead to ready-made championships than LA. And I feel like LeBron going to LA was more about his outside ventures, was more about his outside interests, and if championships came of that situation, so be it. But I feel like LeBron is no longer driven by the perception of his legacy. LeBron feels like his right. legacy is written in stone. Right, and it does talk not about, matter anymore. We have to talk about that. Because okay. You think LeBron feels like his legacy is written in stone? Yes. I feel like there was a time when there was a time where the the conversations that okay. we would have over who's the right. greatest of all time. I feel like there was that was an. All right. I, I, I hear you. I hear you. So, but I have to ask. Okay. So you're saying you feel that largely based on the fact that he went to L. A. and the move to L. A. was not about winning right now. Mm-hmm. Where would he have gone that he would have been in a win right now situation? Right off the top of my head, mm-hmm. six. No. That's not a win-now situation. That's a terrible basketball fit. Okay. Him and Ben Simmons on the same floor, mm-hmm. w- which one of them is playing off the ball? LeBron's playing off the ball. LeBron's never in his career proven that he's gone, done well playing off the ball. No team he's ever been on has actually functioned well mm-hmm. while he was playing off the ball, so, and he always ends up having to go so, on the ball so, for the team to have any so kind of success. So let me ask you this. Do you feel like the Los Angeles, do you feel like the Lakers were a better fit? If the Sixers aren't the better fit, are the Lakers a better fit? That's a yes or no question. I think the Lakers roster is easier to adjust into a good fit for LeBron. It hasn't been. It hasn't been yet. They talk about shipping off half those young guys to get AD. But that's what. But that's why I think it's a better fit because the young guys in Philly aren't guys you're going to ship out. Okay. You're not going to ship out MB. But how does a true post big man work with Ben? Excuse me, with LeBron James, they all turn into jump shooters. Mm-hmm. You don't have a true post big with LeBron. So that's you not. You think a, Chris Bosh was a, a, a good post big man? He was in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Kevin Love was a good one in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And they turned into jump shooters when they would play with LeBron because LeBron needs the pe- the driving lane open, so a big man cannot be on the block mm-hmm. because that clogs the driving lane. Okay. It's just simple spacing it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So, if and if you're telling me I have to choose between does LeBron get that space at the rim or does Chris Bosh get that space at the rim? I'm going LeBron. I'm going LeBron. Chris Bosh, you're a jump shooter now. Mm-hmm. Am I choosing LeBron? Do you get the lane or does Kevin Love get the block? Mm-hmm. Kevin Love, you're a jump shooter now. Mm-hmm. Ben and Ben Simmons actually has the same issue LeBron has with trying to create spacing with other players. Mm-hmm. 
So imagine the both of them on the same team and then trying to have a post player. You're breaking that team up immediately. Mm. So I I from last summer was saying I didn't really want LeBron. I didn't think he was a great basketball fit. Mm-hmm. I absolutely would have loved to have gotten Paul George if he had decided to leave OKC. But yeah, he's a completely different player. Do you feel like? Do you feel like? Uh, I, I, let me try to figure out the best way to. No, I, feel, I absolutely don't think LeBron. I think LeBron knew he was not going to win this year. Mm-hmm. But I don't think there was a situation he could have gone to where he could have got max money, mm-hmm. had the level of control and everything else that he's used to, mm-hmm. and even and been in its contention to win. Best case scenario, best case scenario would have possibly been, not, now I, was, I don't know, maybe Boston, but the whole Kyrie, him yeah. and Kyrie experiment just blew up, so you're not yeah. putting them back together. Now you get, get LeBron and you trade Kyrie. Get, but, but you, <laughs> see, get AD. But you no, see what no, I'm no. saying? If I'm looking at ro- roster building and trying to put a winner around LeBron, the best situation was a team like L.A. that has all the cap room he wants to bring in whoever he wants. Okay. And then move number two, Rich Paul, it's time to go get some new clients. All right, Rich? Mm-hmm. Mm. I want to play with him. You should make that your new client, Rich. It's no tampering with – let me think about it. It's the most diabolical slash genius thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Match can't go talk to Anthony Davis about whether or not you want to come to – L.A. because that'd be tampering. He doesn't want to get hit with tampering again after little Paul George yeah. snafu. Yeah. But what he can do, hey, LeBron, who's your agent? Mm-hmm. Oh, I could talk to your agent, right? Because you're my player. Now, if he happens to be somebody else I want's agent, too, mm-hmm. nobody has to know that's what we're talking about. <laughs> it's a back door around the tampering rules. So let me ask you this. You're and seeing what's happening. You're seeing what's happening in L.A. Mm-hmm. Who do you put this at the feet of LeBron? Who else would it be? Oh. All right. When so that's a yes. When You're Anthony Davis signed Rich Paul as an agent, signed with Clutch Sport, Clutch Management. Mm-hmm. What was your immediate thought? He's going to be in L.A. Exactly. Mm-hmm. When the rumors start coming up about. People in LeBron's camp aren't happy with Luke Walton. Who do you think that come falls on? LeBron. Mm-hmm. He's been a guy who's very, very, very carefully managed the information that's come out of his camp his entire career. Mm-hmm. If you're hearing stories like that from his camp or being attributed to his camp, he knows what it is. He knows where it came from. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you he had something to do with it. So when you're hearing you. stories about Everyone on that roster not named LeBron James being a trade piece, mm-hmm. being available for trade, you think they didn't run that by LeBron first? Like, you want us to keep Kuzma or Alonzo or anybody? Mm-hmm. So what do you think of what do you think of LeVar Ball coming out of uh, hiding and being so vocal? LeVar Ball is a clown. I know that, but what do you feel about... Uh, LeVar Ball is a clown. He, he, LeVar Ball... Says any and everything for attention. And if he doesn't sh- learn to shut his mouth soon, he will end up ruining his son's career. Because mm-hmm. teams aren't going to want to deal with Lonzo f- surely because they don't want to deal with the LeVar headache. Mm-hmm. 
unless Lonzo takes that next leap in his game soon where he becomes a legit superstar, LeVar won't be worth the headache. Lonzo might be worth it, but Lonzo and LeVar isn't worth it. So let me ask you this. Lonzo Ball. Mm -hmm. Lonzo Ball being Lonzo Ball. Take LeVar out of it. If you could get Lonzo Ball the way he plays right now, Mm -hmm. this current 2018-2019 Lonzo Ball. The 21-year-old kid. Yes. Mm -hmm. No LeVar. He's not a factor. No, LeVar doesn't exist. He's just just a ball player with the game that he has currently. I could work with him. You could work with him. Mm -hmm. Okay. No, I mean. I could absolutely work with him. mm -hmm. The kid has a special vision. He has a very good feel for the game. His mm-hmm. his basketball IQ is through the roof. Mm-hmm. His jumper needs work, but a lot of young kids need work. We just got done talking about mm-hmm. that. Okay, but the kid's a ball player. Mm-hmm. Problem is, there's just so much headache coming with him that he can't just go out there and just play ball. Mm-hmm. Yes or no? With Levar Ball, Lonzo Ball, and LeBron being LeBron, is Los Angeles a mess? Isn't that what we all knew was going to happen before it started? Yeah. Or are we surprised when it actually happens? I don't think we're surprised. I don't think anyone's surprised. Well, okay, okay. I'll say it this way. I just want I don't you get, to come out and say, is it a mess? I'm never surprised or excited when I'm right. <laughs> I expect to be right. So the fact so the fact that there's a mess in LA that's why you my man that that statement right there is why we cool <laughs> right there what you just said is why we we're such good friends you, give me give me give me you some know, dap on that it's one, like right? the old school football players who didn't score like dance when they scored touchdowns mm-hmm. they like or as Jerry Rice why aren't you celebrate when you score touchdowns it's my job it's my I'm job. supposed to score touchdowns it's your job to be right it's my job to be right it's what it's what we're here for exactly. It's my job to be right too, but I'm still going to dance and celebrate <laughs> whenever I'm right. That's just how it's going to be. You, you just going to have to deal with that. I, I, I dance and I call attention to when I'm right, and when you tell me that I'm right, you know, mm. as be as begrudgingly as you do it. But yeah, th- this this whole thing with the NBA and these guys just all wanting to load up the four or five best players. Guys, two to three teams. Mm-hmm. Like, think about it. You would say Olymp- like the Olympic team is generally made up of the 12, 15 best players, right? Yes. Five of them are on Golden State. If Anthony Davis goes to the Lakers, they'll have two. Utah, not Utah, excuse me. OKC will have two. Houston will have two. And that's pretty much all of them. Mm-hmm. Locked into two or three ro- like into three or four rosters. It's funny. It was like you say that and you mention Golden State. Mm-hmm. And it's like that's, that was the whole reason why when people, people talked about uh, Golden State losing to the Sixers last week. And they were like, well, they didn't have Klay Thompson. I'm like, Golden State is the exception. Here's the, you know, it's like when the Sixers play without Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid or Jimmy Butler or even J.J. Reddick. Mm-hmm. There's cause for concern. You know, it when Golden State plays without a Klay Thompson or Durant 
without one of those guys. They still notice. It's not the same. They're, not the, they're yeah. still a very talented yeah. team that yes. can go out there yes. and yes. beat most teams yes. in the league. Yes, they're still a talented team, but you're sitting there. But it's like you could. It it is. Is it fair to say? Is it fair to expect Golden State to beat the Sixers without one of those superstars? With the Sixers at full team, full squad. Mm-hmm. No, it's not fair. Missing missing one of them. Yes, it's a fairly even matchup. Okay, so the, and, I, and I say that, deep. and I say that because the Warriors three years ago, it would have been fair to say the Warriors still win. Okay, the Warriors bench is not what it used to be. Okay. They they lack depth the but same way the Sixers lack depth. What you said, put meaning taking one of them away makes them equal to makes it, it, it anyone's game. It, yeah. Whereas before missing one of them, you're still, you know, to, to take the phrase from uh, you take from, any other team yeah. and take one of their stars off the out the lineup, yeah. chances are they're done. Yeah, you're, you know, you, it's, it's, you take it's, Paul George out of the Thunder lineup, they're done. done. Yeah. You take Giannis out of the Milwaukee lineup, done. They're done. You take Embiid or or Simmons. Embiid, Simmons, Butler, any of the three yes. out the Sixers lineup, mm-hmm. they're done as far as real championship, real going deep in the postseason aspirations are concerned. You lose Clay Thompson for the year. Could uh, without Clay Thompson for the rest of the year, could Golden State still go to the finals? Yes, but it would be very challenging. Challenge, okay, but yes. Yeah, but yeah. Yes. I mean, it's not a cakewalk. You know, it's gone from cakewalk to challenge. Because the one thing Clay Thompson does on that team is that he plays quietly. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is that he's not out there screaming, yelling, demanding for the ball, I need the ball, I need the ball. He just goes out there, does his job, plays defense, moves without the ball. He can score 60 points in a game by, while only having the ball in his hands for 90 seconds. Mm-hmm. You know, he that stat I love. Now, that's a stat I love because it shows mm-hmm. he's not out there playing off the dribble, or one-on-one iso. He catch the ball. If he has a shot, he lets it go. If he doesn't have a shot, he gives the ball up. Mm-hmm. That makes it – and when you're that wet from the outside, like when you're that wet from the outside, you, even even when you don't have the ball in your hands – Screw the team. Go in. Yeah. That's, that's what you tell it. No, nah, when you're – like what I'm – with, mm-hmm. with Clay, because he actually understands yeah. the, bas- the team dynamic. Yes. When he's on the court, mm-hmm. whether or not he's making shots, whether or not he has the ball mm-hmm. – He's creating openings for other everyone else on the court because I cannot leave him. I can't take a body off him. Mm-hmm. I can't turn my head for two seconds because now he relocated he's and he's wide open. And they, bang, all, three points. All, all those guards on Golden State move well without the ball. Mm-hmm. But Clay Thompson is a six-seven mm-hmm. guy who's also a very solid defender. Yep. That's a unique player in the league right now. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. So. That so for that reason, I, yeah, you miss Clay Thompson. As quiet as he is, mm-hmm. as much as he's looked at as the fourth, fifth wheel on that team now, mm-hmm. he's, in my opinion, one of the most important factors to their success overall. Okay. I'm looking at the clock. Yeah, man, it's time to go, dude. Yeah, we got to get out of here. Next week, we're gonna have, hopefully, we'll have a lot of uh, basketball trade talk. The trade deadline will have passed. Um, so well, we'll, we'll wrap all that up. Well, actually, the trade deadline is passed. Oh, Yesterday, yeah. 3 o'clock. Thursday at 3 o'clock was the trade it's been deadline. It's been a long week, man. It's been a long week. But, it's been a long week, and it's early. But, you know, we're going to let the dust settle. Mm-hmm. 
and we're really going to get into it, like give ourselves some time, look yeah. at these rosters, yeah. you really dig into it, okay. and we'll make, start making our second half predi- predi- projections okay. for the basketball season. Got to, because we ain't got football to talk about anymore. We don't have football anymore. We got lacrosse. Is Renee coming back? You sounded too excited about that. Aren't you a married man? Yeah, I, I mean, well, <laughs> coming back to talk about the lacrosse. You trying to get kicked out of my house? Oh, man. It's all right. How big of a crib you got? <laughs> Look, my wife has always told me, she says, you can't mess up our marriage. And she said, I am not allowed to mess up our marriage and leave her with the kids. So you get me put up my house. <laughs> I'm coming to live with you, and, you bring and the I'm kids. bringing the kids with me. All right. Okay. Um. So everyone, John's a happily married Thank man. You. Thank you. He's not looking Thank for no you. trouble. Not at all. I love my life. I love my wife. <laughs> I love living at home. I I am all for it. Married life is for me. The y'all. proceeding was a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports. A division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio.